Hi everyone, welcome to our service today. I'm so glad that you decided to join us for the fourth part of our series, It's Your Move. And in this series, we are using chess pieces to talk about the fact that in life, we've got an option to either stagnate, to stay put where we are, not move forward, not be, and it won't be possible to win the game of life, right? To be victorious, to get to the to the other side, the way God wanted us to live, or we've got the choice to make a move one step at a time, one habit at a time, and at the end of the day, live the life that God desires. What does a life like that look like? The Bible says it's simple. It's about loving God with everything you've, you've got and about loving your neighbor as yourself. And at Purdue, we say it this way. We want people to be connected to life-changing relationships up, in, and out. And in the first two weeks, we spoke about the upwards one, a personal relationship with Jesus. It will change your life forever. And now we are busy talking about the inward part, about building authentic community. How do we grow with, in our relationship with Jesus? Two movements. Corporately, we have to worship together on a Sunday. We grow closer to Him through that. Personally, we have to spend time with Him. Bible study, prayer. How do we grow inwards? Last week we said corporately, what do we do? We gather in community groups. That's where we grow. That's where we keep each other accountable. But today we're going to be talking about the personal part, what I have to bring to the table. And why are we talking about that? Because we have all, and, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but you have probably experienced some relationships in your life where you had to give the whole time the other person was taking, but they never gave back. You might have a conversation about something that they're asking you, they want your expertise, they want your time, whatever, and in it you might drop something like a family member that's really sick, and they just never respond to it. They, they don't really care. And how do we feel when something like that happens? We feel used. And it makes it hard to trust people when I feel like they are just in it to use me. And although we've all had experiences like that, it is not the only kind of relationships there are. Did you know that they say we are people living in, in this day and age? We are the loneliest generations that has ever lived in the history of the world. Although we've got the biggest populations have ever been on the earth, and although we are the most connected generation ever, we are the loneliest generations. And I believe it is part of the, re, the it's partly due to individualism and consumerism. Because with individualism, I, st I just live for myself and I live for my own benefit. And at the end of the day, I don't want people to take too much of my time. I don't want them to take my resources. I don't want to invest in them. I don't want to give. Consumerism teaches me that I give something for something. So at the end of the day, we get to this place where we start to see people as a commodity instead of as a human being with a soul and with a spirit. We start to live in relationships with people where they serve a function in order to deserve a place in my life instead of just having them in my life because we want to be in a really good relationship. Guys, but Jesus imagined something else for us. God designed us for something else. And that is for living in community. Our souls long for it. We spoke about it last week. We were made for it. But relationships doesn't just happen. They are not just pretty. They're not just at a place where, it, where we both give and we both take. It takes work and it will cost you something. So today, today we're going to get to our fourth topic. And our topic today is make the move to live a generous life.
I'm going to say that again. Okay, listen closely. We're talking about community. But our topic is make the move to live a generous life. Now, you might be sitting and you might be going like, Louis, why on earth is your title live a generous life when you're talking about community? Shouldn't it be like live a community life? We're talking about community. And last week we said quite simply, it is about connecting to community groups, living in a community where you are known, um, where you're cared for, where you're loved and where you can do the same. But today I wanted to use the word generosity for a very specific reason. The Cambridge Dictionary defines generosity as a willingness to give help or support, especially more than what is usual or more than what is expected. Did you get that? The word generous, that was generosity. The word generous is defined very similar, so you'll get it if you missed it, is showing a readiness to give more of something than what is strictly necessary or expected. So when we are talking about making the move to live a generous life, we are talking about making the move where I'm in a relationship and I'm willing to give more than what is necessary, where I'm willing to give more than what is expected instead of living in a relationship where I just consume, where I just take, where someone is a commodity. We don't want to live that way. We want to live a healthy life where I can live generously. So what we're going to do today is we're going to read about a very, very practical example of what it means to live generous within a church community, within authentic relationships from the book of Acts. The book of Acts is basically like a history book in the Bible about the early church. After Jesus ascended to heaven, how did the first church after he ascended, how did they live? And this is so beautiful. If you've got your Bibles, let's open to Acts 4. Verse 32 to 35. Acts 4, verse 32 to 35. This is how the church lived. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Now guys, if you listen to this and you're like, oh man, is this one of those weird sermons where we're going to be told to sell everything? No, we're not a sect. Okay? We're, we're a Christian church. We're not weird. We're not going to ask you to sell everything you have and, and give it to the church or anything before the end times. It's not like that. So, but I want you to stick around for a little bit and hear what the church is supposed to be like, what relationships, healthy, authentic relationships are supposed to be like. Because we live in a world and it's not just a 21st century issue. We're one of our basic human needs because of sin, because of the fall. It's not the way God designed the world. But because of that, one of our basic human needs are to hold on to everything we've got, to protect it, to preserve it for in case an emergency happens. I want to keep my time for myself. I want to keep my skills for myself unless I can sell it somehow. I want to keep my money and everything. I want to protect it. And at the end of the day, it leads to a place where our lives are only shared with other people on a superficial level, on a surface level. People wear masks, you never see deep into their souls, we never share stuff very deeply. And we get to a place where relationships are superficial instead of authentic and deep. 
And that is what the Bible is trying, I think, to teach us through the book of Acts. The Bible is giving us this picture of authentic relationships and true community and how that stems from a place of generosity, where we are willing to give more than what is expected, where we're willing to really invest in each other's lives. I want to say in a sacrificial way. So stick around and let's see what these guys did, what the early church, how they actually lived. We read in verse 32 that they were united in heart and mind. And guys, I think it is so important, that word united. You see, unity is often, I think it is the opposite to division and it is a cure to isolation. In a world, especially now where we are being forced to isolate, we all long for a bit of community, right? But when it is freely available, often community is marked by division. The devil loves to divide our families. Um, he loves to divide fa- fathers and their children. And we all know the stats in South Africa. Um, what, 8% of our children are orphaned. Um, uh, two-thirds of, of children grow up with absent fathers. The divorce rate is super high. We know all of that stuff. The devil loves to divide but what we read about the church is there wasn't division among them. They, they, they had unity. They lived united in heart and mind. It was not just a surface level thing where they had to show the world that they were somehow united. It wasn't just around a little cause that they were fighting for. In heart, on the deepest level, in mind, they were united. And this is how I see it. United, unity means that they lived not for themselves, but for each other. You see, individualism and isolation is all about living for myself. But unity is about saying, I'm not here just for myself. I am here for the people that is around me. My skills are not just for myself, but it is for the people that God has put into my life. Even if you think about the simple example that the Bible uses for the church, the example the Bible uses, the metaphor, is the body of Christ. And, and it is explained by Paul in such a simple way. In Romans 12, verse 4 to 5, he says, Just as each of us has one body, this is my body, but with many members, so fingers and toes and hands, and my daughter sings that, that song about head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, all the moms and dads would know what I'm talking about, right? We are one body, but different parts. He says, and these members do not all have the same function, so they're all a little different. He says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That's unity. I am here not just for myself. God didn't put me on this earth to just go through life for myself, for my own purposes, for my own benefit, for my own joy. God put me here. To love him and to love my neighbors. God put me here for the benefit of all others. There is a reason why we say that having authentic community, inward relationships will change your life forever. Because people that invest in your life in such a way will change your life. But when you invest in other people's life in such a way, your own life will change anyway as well. Because it is such a deep connection. We cannot go through this world life selfishly when we are connected to relationships on that deep of a level. Because the church is such a beautiful thing. But sadly, I've seen through, and, and I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. My granddad was a pastor. My cousin is a pastor. Like 
Everyone in my family are pastors. Okay? We, we love the church. We love God's purpose for His church. But sadly, what I've seen is that a lot of people use the church as a crowd instead of a community. It means they want to be a number. They, they want to pay a membership fee to just benefit from it, but not really give back to it and, and be part of it. And what happens is the church, I think, over the years started to look like a stroke victim. This body of Christ, one part is functioning, is investing into each other's lives, is unity, they care for each other, they're healthy. And then the other part is like this, this dead part, for, because a stroke victim, think about it, right? Often the one part of the body would be affected, would be a little lame, and the other part would still function in a healthy way. So it becomes like this healthy part needs to drag the rest along. That's not unity. It is harmful to the body of Christ. We need the unity where we understand that I'm living not for myself, but for the people that's part of this community. Verse 32, we read that what they had was not their own. So they shared everything. So it went so far that they said, like, even the stuff that I work for, the stuff I pay for, the stuff I own, my money, my skills, it's not just for me. I need to share it. I need to invest it in the lives of other people. It is a Christian principle. It is a biblical principle that started with Abraham, but that gets drawn through to the New Testament as well. That God supplies in my and in your needs, not just for our own benefit, but also for the benefit, for the benefit of others. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11, Paul says it this way. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So he's saying God is giving you talents. God is giving you skills. God has given you time. God has given you money so that every time the opportunity arises, you've got the opportunity to be generous, to invest in the lives of people, to make a difference, to help this body function in a healthy way. You see, what the Bible is trying to teach us is that we need to live a generous life holistically with everything we have when it comes to our church community. Okay, this is not about people that is just using you. The church community in community, the body of Christ, also described as a family in Christ, brothers and sisters, we are supposed to live with each other a generous life with our time, with our talents or our gifts, and with our treasure in every way, holistic, not just one area. I've heard this before where people would say, I give my tithe to the church. I don't need to be in a community group. I don't need to serve. I or I'm serving, so I don't need to give my money, or, or I'm part of a community group, so I don't need to do all of the other things. But it is holistically, everything God gives us is for the benefit of His body. That you know that just a couple of years ago, and this might seem like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago, less than a hundred years ago, after the Great Depression, I once read this random piece of information, but it stuck with me. After the Great Depression, South Africans per capita used to be the biggest givers to mission in the whole world. And I can assure you, I don't have the numbers today, but when I look at the church there and I look at mission organizations and nonprofits, we are definitely not the biggest givers to missions and to, um, for the benefits of other people anymore. We're not. We started keeping our money for ourselves. Volunteers. Churches continuously ask for volunteers and have to kind of like beg people to just bring the talents that God has given them and serve because 
People don't want to serve. They just want to sit and they want to, want to be like in a restaurant where they are served and where they can grow nice and fat without giving back. Um, time. People don't want to give their time. And Paul, again, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, he writes, he says, a spiritual gift is given to each. So it's not just that some people in the body has gifts. He's saying it's given to each who believes in God, who receives the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Each Christian receives a spiritual gift. It's given to each of us so we can help each other. Because this is so radical. It's like everything God gives us, the Bible teaches us when we live in community, this is not individualism. It is not just for you. It is for your community. In verse 34, we read the radical part. Again, I know this is the part that bothers people. So let's put it a little bit in perspective. <clears throat> we read that God blessed them so that no people had need. And then we read in verse 35 that they even sold their own possessions, the land, their houses to care for others. Now, let me tell you, God has always, throughout history, used this church to take care of His church. That is just one of the beautiful things to be part of it. And some of you have experienced this during lockdown as well. Some people lost their jobs, and because of the generosity of, of some in the church, we were able to help those who had nothing. That is part of, of the church. But the thing that bothers people is, do I need to sell everything? Do I need to get rid of my house and my, my car? Can I never buy anything again? Should I live like a poor person? Like, what does this mean? And it's like, no, it doesn't mean that, okay? It's not like you have to sell everything. The people who sold, they didn't sell everything they had. These were normally landowners. Everyone weren't landowners. These were people who had a lot to give and they got rid of some of it so that what they got rid of that that money could go to people who had need. They sold their extra property. They gave their extra time. It doesn't mean you need to take your time away from your family. Okay, you have to, to spend time with your family, but you also give your time to the church, your skills. It doesn't mean that you have to, if God gave you unique skills, that you have to just use it and, and never earn money for it. If you earn money from it, it's cool, but it means that part of that also goes for the benefit of your community. We share what we have. The point is that they cared so much about each other that they were willing to share every blessing God gave them. They didn't hold on to every blessing God gave them. They shared the blessings God gave them. Guys, this is what I want you to remember today. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. If you want to experience authentic community, when you have to position yourself in community, that's the corporate ha habit that we have to do. We need to connect to community groups. If you haven't done it yet, send us a message. Let's get you connected. Okay, that's your first step. But personally, you can't just float around there and hope that you're going to be part of authentic community when you don't bring your part to the table. We each need to bring, and that is where sharing comes in. When we truly care about each other, we don't mind sharing what we have. We share our love, we share our time, we share our talents, we share our treasure. And that is what you have to make a decision in your own heart. That's your decision to make, whether you're going to be generous or not. But I want to encourage you today. It is not always easy to connect as a close-knit community. But you can still be generous. 
you can still give some of your time and your skills. Although we do not meet in a physical building on a Sunday, we need skills to make all of these videos happen, to make videos. We need skills to help put people on our database, to be hosts on, on our social media, to write our children's curriculum, to record some of the stuff. So I want to invite you to raise your hand. If you've seen anything and you're like, Louis, I think I can help with this, let us know. If you can be an online community group leader, whatever it might be, we want you to use the talents that God has given you. Let us know. Fill in the connection card, prodayorgza slash connect. Send us an email, info at prodayorgza. Use your time, use your skills, and use your treasure. Without your giving to the church, without you being faithful in your tithing, tithing literally meant that people gave a tenth of everything they had to, to God's work, Without that, the church and the work the church is doing cannot continue. The help, those in need, we cannot take care of them. So that is what I want to encourage you with today. I truly believe authentic community relationships are not only a basic human need, but I also believe it goes a little bit against our grain, our selfishness. That's, that's part of the sinful nature we have in our life. So why don't you decide this week, instead of staying put, in your selfishness, why don't you make a decision to make a move towards generosity? Why don't you may decide to make a move to care about your church family, about your church community? Reach out to someone on WhatsApp this week. Message them. Call them. Um, be faithful with your giving. Start serving somewhere on our online stuff. We, we're going to find more ways to do it. Um, we also have need in, in, in some physical things as we're trying to find a new location to start our online service, uh, our, our in-person services again. There's so many needs we have. Reach out, make a decision to start contributing because when you contribute, when you give and other people start giving, that's a true relationship. A give and a take one in both directions, not just one way. Let's pray. Jesus, we need authentic community in our lives so badly. But I know that it cannot just happen accidentally. We need to be intentional about it. And I pray for every person listening to this today, every person that's connecting to this, no matter where they find themselves in South Africa, this is an online church. So it means that it's accessible to every single person in South Africa, even in the world. I pray that you would move in our lives and encourage us to live generous lives when it comes to the church family you have given us. I pray that we would share. I pray that we would live generously with our time, with our talents and our treasure. And that as we give, that we will reap the rewards. May people not just be a commodity, but may it May we see in other people the image of Jesus Christ. May we see a functioning part of your body. May we love unconditionally. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Pradeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details and the second way is through Snapscan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, please share it to everyone you know.
We want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.